In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... to you this week by the smallest positive integer requiring five syllables to pronounce. Welcome in to episode 77 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage. That was weak. I expect more out of you for these episode introductions than some sort of math thing you've looked up on Wikipedia. Also, I am Chase, Captain Crunchy Thompson. Chase, good mood, Captain Crunchy Thompson. <laughs> now, bro, you deserve that. I am... Pick your title, Nick. And I was going to call you a show-off, but Chase's assertion, I think, is more accurate. So most everything that I the shows are brought to us by are, require some kind of research. It's nice for the people in the stands to throw stones at those of us who are trying to be creative. Uh, no, that wasn't creativity. That was, oh, darn, I can't think of anything with 77. Uh, oh, Wikipedia. That's what that was. Yeah, which is actually what I've been doing for the first 75 shows. Some well, of the, some of the 65. Bring... 65. You guys complained one time because I um, like made up something. It was like brought to you by you know, Chase's age or something like that, and you guys complained about that too. Yeah, I think you tried to make him 65 <coughs> or something. I think, I think y'all are the problem. Yeah, you're you're probably right, David. That was not a very encouraging beginning to the show. We yeah, just it wasn't. I'm sorry. My if my people goodness. are listening to this for the very first time, they probably don't think we like each other. Right now, they're going, "Oh, three guys <laughs> who don't like each other just got into a room and going to do a podcast." You know what? I blame y'all's moods. What would make What would make you guys cheerful right now? I don't know. Not having had false hope earlier in the day that I could beat Allison in fantasy football. All right, so beating <laughs> my beating my wife in fantasy football that no, would help you. No, that that is a misarticulation of my statement. What would cheer you? I up, did Chase? not healthy expect- kids. No, I can't give you that. You have to take things to real town. Sorry. No, now I'm sad. Millions of dollars. I mean, my kids if are I sick. Had They're not a million dollars. Like they have croup. They're not like I had a million dollars. You know, something severe. I yes, guess. that's you just kind of creepy. Okay, well, welcome into episode seventy-seven of the Gospel Friends, brought to you by Prozac. Um, I'm your host, David. In just a few minutes, we'll be talking to you about how you too can overcome your sadness and melancholy issues. I hope it's something good. What's that? That is B and L. Is that sad music? That's happy music. Oh. Is this to help us get into a better mood? Yeah. Huh, I, I am more cheerful listening yeah, to that. I feel better. It's a little bit upbeat. You know, if I had a million dollars, I'd probably buy each one of you guys a house. Really? Yep. That'd be nice of you. Would you blow it up? Nope. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I would, um, I would buy you a burger with some fancy ketchups and fancy mustards, too. Not a lot of people know this, but you may have to buy me a burger. Earlier in the uh, college football season, you promised me if Alabama did not win the Southeastern Conference Championship that um, you would buy me a burger, comma, a good one. That is true. A cheeseburger. A good cheeseburger. cheeseburger. Yeah. So I'm going to Five Guys or Mugshots. 
Hamburger Heaven. Oh, that's pretty hamburger good. Hamburger Heaven. That's yeah. good too. Yeah. So decent burger. Decent burger. I promised you that after the uh, Ole Miss loss. Yep. You did. I was keeping the faith. Ole Miss, Alabama loss. All right, guys. Welcome into episode 77 of The Gospel Friends, despite our rocky start and my um, apparently misuse of Wikipedia. I think it's going to be a good episode today. We have, as a segment, Hall Monitor, where we are going to have a very special guest. Nick? Yes, we are. Nick like, is our very special guest. No. It's about time we let him talk some. Now, this is you where, missed a comma or added one too <laughs> yeah. many there or something. I was going to let Nick kind of introduce who the guest was going to be. Yes, it is the one and only... What's his evil name? Dark. Funky Stickman. No, his uh, evil name. His, yeah, he's got a... Dark Lord Death <laughs> Face. <laughs> That's it. I cannot remember his uh, League of Mayhem. He's got like nine names. He does. Uh, not entirely Chiptune. Um, or Jeff Hendricks, the um, creator, creator of, our, of our outro music. Yep. So here, here, I think this should give hope to everyone. If you do something significant for this show, like we will let you talk. Like provide us outro music. Mm-hmm. Sometime, you know, a year and a half later, we will allow you to come on the show and talk. Hashtag gratitude. Yeah. 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 So if you send us something right now, somewhere. Mid 2016, early 2017, you'll be on the show. That's right. And you know, you might be thinking to yourself, that's a long time to wait. But if you wait till next week to send us something, it's yeah, just that much it's longer. It's going to be even longer. So, I mean, good word, Chase. Thank you. Why delay? Send your offerings to. <laughs> do we have a website for offerings yet? No. Ooh, we shouldn't do that because that would be bad. No, okay. we should. Let's Take call offerings? it offerings. Yeah, offerings. All right, let's all right, let's There's do it. Like, support our podcast. Ooh, maybe uh, maybe we could invent a company where people could support our podcast with offerings. Call it like Again, um, the, the offerings Patreon. word here is making me you know, like Patreon. Offering. Call hey. it Patreon and get okay. people to support our our flag, podcast with flag offerings. on the play. <laughs> is that already done? <laughs> no. How long ago did I suggest this? I'm down with Patreon. The it's only reason, time for the us only to reason get rich. you're okay with it now is because Todd Troush did it. Oh, good old. I am not good old Todd Troush. To Todd whoever Troush that is. Though. Hey, I, I think whoever Nick, that is, that is a I listener think member of the, of the Hall of Dogma. Yeah, Hall of Dogma member and host of the Theology and Life podcast. Pay is he really Dave McConnell? I'm sorry. Uh, what did you say his name was? Todd Troush. Troush. What's his first name? Todd. Todd. I'm sorry, Todd. I apologize. I am crude and. Not hospitable, and also sound clip and not creative, apparently. Hey, I think Nick was taking exception with the word offering yeah, there. It, I think yeah. that's where I was intentionally was using it to be provocative. Todd, I've never known you do that words. before, Chase. Todd Trouse, to make this up to you, I am going to bring today one of the greatest segments of What Were You Thinking ever. It's going to be epic. I know it will. I believe in you, David McConnell. Is that what Todd would say? No. Oh, okay. That's what Oswald Cobblepot would say, because he is a happy man. No, he's not. He is on the surface. I um, I would like for you to be cheerful, just not creepy. Is that possible? I will try. If we get to it today, we're going to talk about an article that Chase is very excited about. He said one of the greatest articles he has ever read full of wisdom and one that he 100% agrees with. And if we don't get to it, we'll just leave this sound clip with you. But Absolutely. the article is called Why Your Wife Should Not Be Your Best Friend. That's It is? 
Okay. So it actually is called my spouse is my best friend. And then he says, your spouse should not be your best friend. Okay. So I'm actually hoping we get to that today. But you've amped up the title a little bit. But we're going to start right away with a little discussion on everyone's favorite topic, pastor appreciation. Is this where we do the offerings? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. Everybody bow your head and oh. close your eyes wow. and wow. take out your wallets. <laughs> oh, wait. Chase we went to the end of the sex segment, don't we? <laughs> oh, there is a Todd Trouse in the Hall of Dogma. Is it, is it Chase he Osteen or Creflo Thomas? Thomas? And his Thompson. cover, his cover, um, cover picture is uh, of bunch of pirates. Looks like a cool guy. Arr. Shout out, Todd. How long has he been in the Hall of Dogma? I don't know. We could look it up and it would tell us. Okay. Hey, so here's the pastor appreciation deal. There was a video that was going viral on the internet recently, um, and it involves good friend of the show, Stephen Furtick, and his church <laughs> in FOS. South Carolina or North Carolina? North Carolina. Sure. It's, One of the Carolinas. It's the Carolina. I mean, what's the difference anyway, right? I mean, research is so kidding. overrated. I mean, why do that? Yeah. Elevation Church. And, um, you know, Stephen has been in the news over the years. We've talked about him some here on this show. And uh, there's probably some agreement and disagreement um, that we have with Stephen and, and his church. But his church made a video for him for pastor appreciation. Was it month or Sunday? It was a month. October is Pastor Appreciation okay. Month. Because in the in the in the old days at the Hall of Dogma Church, when Pastor Appreciation was like an official event, it was just a Sunday. But um, all right, so it's Pastor Appreciation Month. They actually made a rap video for Pastor Stephen and uh, showing their appreciation for him. And um, unfortunately, we can't play the video because. <laughs> Um, it's been taken down. It's one of those yeah, things man, where they're I'm looking everywhere for that thing. I can't find it. So I guess there's been a little bit of an uproar that was caused by the video, and so it was removed by the church, and so we can't can't get to it uh, anymore. We can give you a few of the lyrics of the video if you were unable to <laughs> to see the video. Um, we can give you a few of the a few of the lyrics. Um, so I, I'm not a very good rapper. Are either one of you guys would or y'all good at rapping would y'all like to try this i am a highly mm-hmm. competent rapper but my throat is a little bit scratchy today so uh, i'll go ahead and let you do it david okay well i'm not going to rap it but i'm just going to read you some of the lyrics i'm headed blacktown for the 9 30 church growing got to get there early pulled up god is here surely walls fall chain's going to break with my praise hope is what i feel and the preacher is the real deal got joy while i wait Peace while I date. I'm not really sure what that meant. That's kind of when you take a member, uh, a, 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 usually a member of the opposite sex that you have feelings for, and you <laughs> okay. go out to eat with okay. them or, or something I, like that. Maybe I, I should Some have said, I, I'm not sure what that had to do with the song. Oh, like, okay. Peace while I date, a life with less drama, and a whole lot of grace. Uh, let's see. Let's go on down. Um, pastor. He has big arms, and he has big faith. No word he says will go to waste. For well over three thousand days, he always preaches down. So, the place down the place. He down preaches the place. Down I'm, the place. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, my my uh, Google Chromebook surprisingly. I'm not ready for you to stop up. there because you're living off some of the best. Part. Okay, we'll keep going. Pastor, strengthen my beliefs, boy. 
better save my seat, boy. Get up on your feet for pastor. The best is still ahead, girl. Get ready and get set, girl. You ain't seen nothing yet. He's pastor. Got to put a little emphasis. That was pretty good. It. Well, I told you yes. What, okay. What just happened? All right. So, David, uh, help me. The, the the video was was all over the internet. Now they've pulled it down, and um, I, I don't I don't really know why. Um, I have some ideas why you might pull a video <laughs> like that down. I don't understand what kind of calls. Let me ask you a question, Chase. You've been yep. at the Hall of Dogma Church for um, it'll be eight years in eight February, years. David. I've been at the Hall of Dogma Church. This is my thirteenth uh, year. Hashtag brag. Yep. Hashtag uh, been on staff here for ten. So. Senior- hashtag has- big whoop. Hashtag seniority. But anyway, um, here's the thing. No one's and ever. David's plan is becoming more and more complete. No I one's see. ever complimented me on the size of my arms. Really? Yeah. yeah that happens to me twice a week. <laughs> okay. They call them guns around here. So but, you get yeah. like a like a Facebook post, great message from Pastor Arms today, or Pastor Big Arms. Pastor Big Arms. Yeah. Okay. Um, he has big arms and has big faith. No word he says will go to waste. For well it's over 3,000 days, I guess that's how long he's been at the church, he always preaches down the place. Um, so I, I don't I don't think we should spend a lot of time running Stephen and church in the ground here. Well, we can't. Um, he's a friend of the show. He, he is listens, a friend. He is a friend. And that would be upsetting to he him. He is a, a friend of the show. Um, Nick... I'll throw it over to you for a moment, primarily because you were looking at your phone, and I thought I would try to get you back in the game here. Good job. Oh, Nick is actually working on the show. He's speaking with the guest coming up. That's well what done, he's Nicholas. doing. So, Chase, I'll yep, go to you. I'm here. <laughs> that was Nick's big chance to talk. Well, he blew it, didn't he? <laughs> All right, so um, pastor appreciation. Yeah. Should that be a thing or not? How about let's just start there. Okay, that's that's actually a good question. I, I wasn't really sure where we were going to go with this. Should pastor appreciation be a thing? Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. We we won't talk about the merits of the rap or not. Let's just yeah, let's just deal with pastor. Let's just deal with pastor appreciation. That. A verse you quote to us a lot. Yes, at, at the Hall of Dogma Church is Romans twelve ten, uh, which talks about outdoing one another and showing honor. And I think that's a good thing. There's two. I think there's two mistakes you can make when it comes to pastors. A, a word which I, I'm not crazy about, as we talked about at the HOD Church today. It's not really in Scripture. The word, better word is shepherd. That word has kind of been taken off the table because, uh, well, for various reasons, the word shepherd is not the, the most ideal word anymore. Elders, kind of a weird word too, because it just sounds like an old person. But so I guess that's why we stick with pastor. But two equal errors you can make in regards to pastor. On the one hand, you can idolize leaders in the church, and I think this is what we do a lot in the body of Christ. On the other hand, you can devalue leaders in the church and dismiss and diminish them. I think each one of those things are. are, are equal sorts of uh, potholes you can drive the car into and cause problems. So is it okay to have a pastor appreciation day? I, I guess so, but not in the sense that it elevates the pastor higher than the congregation 
in an inappropriate sort of way. And I don't think the New Testament does that. The New Testament, I think, gives proper honor uh, to pastors, but not in any sort of idolatrous sort of these are special guys kind of way. And and so, yeah, uh, honor one another. Should, should people honor pastors? Sure. Should people honor evangelists? Absolutely. Should people honor worship leaders? Absolutely. Sunday school teachers? Yes. Mothers? Yes. Fathers? Yes. Children? Yes. Honor everybody. I'm not sure we should have an entire month devoted to honoring pastors. I don't, I'm not sure I'm crazy about that. I, I don't know. I think the month thing is an interesting, um, it's an interesting idea. Um, I have a theory on the month thing, but I can share it in a minute. Go ahead. I, I just wonder if it's a Lifeway holiday. Ooh, oh, see, yeah, you know, is it is? Do we do a, a pastor like an official kind of Baptist or whatever the trend may be, Pastor Appreciation Month or something in order to sell, you know. It, it, and it's just off the top of my head, but I know I've been in Lifeway, been in some of the bookstores before, and there's a lot of, during it's that month, there's a lot of, um, you know, material related to it. So I just wonder if it's kind of a, maybe a, I'm not saying it didn't, wasn't created out of good intentions, but I just wonder if it's a little bit of a huh. it, what, Christian Hallmark holiday. I've been at a few different churches that did. That's funny. It's very funny. Um, I've been at a few different churches that did pastor appreciation days, and it was one Sunday. Um, and you know, different churches had different staff levels. It was something where all the pastors were recognized and appreciated. And I think the, you know, it's it's easy to um, focus on the, the main guy, um, but I think I don't think you go wrong by, hey, church. We depend on these guys for a lot of different things. These guys put in a lot of hours we don't see. And yes, they're supposed to do it, but they want to do it. And there's a cost to them for it. And I don't know that there's anything wrong with acknowledging the cost paid for those things and showing genuine appreciation for that. Um, Praising them more than they're due. Um, I, I don't know that the grandiose nature of a YouTube um, thousands of dollars worth of production value rap video is the best use of money or time to, to do that. Um, but I do see a lot of churches that take and take and take and take from their pastor and finding time and ways in which to show him appreciation, the staff appreciation, I, that doesn't irk me a month especially what you're now you're saying kind of a hallmark or lifeway holiday I, eh, that, yeah. that puts the cynical filter up but all right here's know. here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make a comment but i'm gonna come to you guys and chase your pastor on staff here nick you're you're a leader uh and uh minister of the church i'm uh pastor on staff but i'm gonna come and ask you guys the question what would be the best way like maybe not the best way. But what would be a way you could be honored? I'm assuming that you guys would probably feel pretty silly if people made a rap video about you. But you know what is what would be for you? What would be a good way to be honored? And 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 don't give me like a you know. I mean, be real. Like don't give me like a uh, 
well, if you just, you know, ask Jesus to bless me every now and then or something like that, that'd be that'd be all I need or, or you know, whatever. But so I'm just coming to ask you like a real question. Uh, but I, I do want to say this. I, I don't, I don't think Pastor Appreciation Day is. I don't think it's wrong. I, mm-hmm. I think if that's what a church needs to do to, you know, kind of be disciplined about, hey, let's honor certain people. So there's a couple of days a, a year that we set aside to honor people, and that helps us remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's okay. But, I mean, I think in general, based on Romans uh, 12, that just having a life of honoring in the church, you know, where you are – I mean, really, that, that word – Honor there is like to may, it's the Greek, I believe, to but really like to treat one another is valuable. And so, you know, the, the word there is outdo one another in trying to show each other how much you value, mm-hmm. you know, someone else and how much you value them. And so, it's really just like that should be the life of the church. And if it's the life of the church, it's going to happen. Like, it's just, it is going to happen. And it will be in your DNA. And so you'll do that with each other. You'll do that with your leaders. And it won't necessarily have to be a day or an event. It will just be a way of life. And I think that's more of what the New Testament, you know, kind of was, was pointing at. What, what would be a good way, Chase, for you? Like to. All right. Yeah. Let me, let me give you a couple answers on that. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the history of Pastor Appreciation Day oh, on you. Okay, are you, cool. are you ready yeah, for that? Yeah. All right. So. Couple, a couple of ways is um, uh, for me, like letters, mm. emails, and things like that. I save those things and yeah. remember them, and they're incredibly uh, encouraging. Um, I, I, praying for me, and, and let it, one of the things we do here at the Hall of Dogma Church is when we pray for people, I, I we try to stress, hey, let them know you're praying for them. Mm. Text them, email them, whatever. That's important. I got a text from a guy today. He says, I know I've told you this before, but I pray for you every day, and I'm not stopping. I mean, how huge is that? That is so appreciated um, that somebody would pray for you and would let you know. I I think praying to a God who moves on our behalf— uh, people people say praying is changes things. Well, God changes things, but just praying for somebody is awesome. Uh, but letting them know kind of lets them know on earth. Yeah, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. So I, that that's huge for me. Um, earlier, you know, the, sometimes the, the church has bought gifts for leaders and things like that. They even sent us uh, on a surprise cruise earlier this year. Nothing like that's ever See happened previous before. Episode, uh, yeah. So, so that that kind that kind See of thing bitter, is David. encouraging and awesome. Well, they sent you to uh, mountain retreat. That's something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, um, we did send us on a two night years retreat. ago. Did you say that through kind of a gridded teeth <laughs> years just, ago? Yeah, long, long time long ago. Don time McLean. Ago. Long, Mm-mm-mm. long. No, they did. They, the church sent us on a on a. Two night retreat. Actually, yeah, it, was, it was great. David, so, somebody just—I don't know when was it. Last well, it was 2011. Told me how much they appreciated you. Really? Yeah. <sighs> no, no, no. It was 2010. That, that, look, if it, if it was in, if it was in this decade, Craig, they still go to church here. No. Oh yeah. 
Maybe it was a tweet. Mm. Maybe I saw a tweet about. It. <laughs> just messing with you. Hey, yeah, real quick, I got to tell you about Pastor Appreciation Day. Okay. Okay. 1992, apparently, okay. is when it came about. It was initially called Clergy Appreciation Day, and clergy is one of my least favorite words. Um, it, it was popularized. Next to War Eagle. Also, one of my least favorite phrases. It was popularized more in 1994 by Focus on the Family, but according to an article I'm reading, it was invented or at least came up with by uh, a layperson named Jerry Freer Jr., who noticed that it was almost Groundhog Day, thought if they have a day for groundhogs, they ought to have a day for the 375,000 pastors in America. And so he came up with it. And interestingly enough, according to the article I'm reading, uh, Mr. Freer Jr. went on to become a pastor uh, shortly after he went to prison for defrauding investors in his dot-com startup. Uh, now he's been in ministry for quite a few years and seems to make a bit out of the fact that he founded Clergy Appreciation Day, second Sunday in October. Mm. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't a Lifeway thing. At least not according to my initial yeah. research. Hey, if groundhogs get honored... Pastors should get honored. Nate, real quick, and, and the point of this was kind of like maybe people listening having ideas of how to honor their leaders or yeah. people around them. What would you say would be a good way to honor you um, besides Alabama paraphernalia? Yep, that um, wouldn't be it. Um, this is <laughs> I'll take some. Uh, not maybe to the scale of a, a, a cruise or mountain getaway, um, but just like an evening to go somewhere with my wife yeah. without little people. Yeah, um, I love my children. Dearly. That was going to be mine. Yeah, I'm, I love my children dearly, um, but being able to just go and just talk to her without mommy, daddy, this, yeah. that, bathroom, not that food. I didn't want that, you know. Just and be able to reengage with her would be um, awesome. I, I like Chase's the idea about letters. Um, let your let the people in your life that matter to you know they matter to you, um, and it doesn't. It, it's not a dollar amount issue. It's a, in a way that means something to you, issue. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think both of those are good. I would combine uh, the two that you guys shared. So I think for me, it'd be something like along the lines of, I, I like Chase. I, I save every Yeah, the letter. letter idea was cool. Nick Nick wrote me a letter a couple of years ago that, and, and Nick and I have been friends for over a decade. And Quit bragging. Most of the stuff that, you know, I mean, we have just this relationship that is, you know, like like two dudes picking on each other and things like that. Yeah. But Nick wrote me a heartfelt, like, five-page letter a couple years ago. And I still have it. Like, I kept it, keep it in a book. And uh, every now and then, especially when, you know, Nick's really ticked me off about something, I pull that letter out and read it. And I'm like, eh. Around February 14th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What a, book do you keep it in? Wow. Uh, it's a book on my desk at work. I think it's the Spurgeon book you bought me. <laughs> Remember that book you bought me? All the Spurgeon's sermons? I do, yeah. Yeah, I got that. I even wrote in the front, from Chase and the date. With good so, handwriting too, right? Yeah, no, I wrote that. Okay, yeah, good, because that's a lot better than mine. Yeah, if you'd, uh, you may have wrote in it, or the kids may have scratched in it. I can't really yeah, tell the difference. Yeah, it's hard to tell. <laughs> so, uh, so words, yeah, but yeah, things for the kids. I mean, so that would be my suggestion, like in your congregation where you are. Um, oh, yeah, if you want to have a day, and and that's the way that you think this works out best, then then that's fine and maybe not a rap video, but <laughs> developing a community that honors one another and, and, yeah. and shares with one another, treats each other as valuable and looking, you know, encouraging your leaders. I think I think 
that's something that we just kind of have to train ourselves to do is to not just our leaders, but just each other. Sometimes you can really appreciate someone and just never take the time to actually tell them that you appreciate them or write them a quick note. And and I think that's very beneficial and something that we should be about doing in the body of Christ. So, uh, you know, and if you really think that, um, you know, a fellow leader or a fellow church member has big arms, maybe you should tell them. Maybe you should tell them. I, I wouldn't if you were like opposite sex. I don't, I don't know about that. Taking, trying to get it back onto the road of slightly serious, even though we're transitioning. Um, the point can be made. What you were saying is, this can work for anyone in the fellowship. This isn't. This isn't the only the guy on Sunday morning, though. Yeah. Yes, include him. It's not the the worship leader, though. Yes, include them. But you know, um, those guys get up on Sunday and and sing and play music because there's guys that have helped them set up and are running the sound. Um, you're able to come to church because someone is keeping their grounds and cleaning the building and sometimes ladies run the sound you're absolutely right i didn't mean i, I you meant, meant guys in the generic, generic gen, yes. yeah um lady guys but, but there's right. a lot of other people wow <laughs> sorry we talked about that last episode jace i don't we think did indeed um but there's a lot of people that that keep the wheels on the proverbial you know bus there and so um and i think that's what you were talking about having a culture of um honoring one another. So, Amen. Speaking of honoring, that's good. That was a pretty good other. segment. Do, do you guys feel like we came across as too thirsty in that, or were we pretty chill? I think I think talking like this, like where we weren't too excited. Yeah, not not a lot of laughter, yeah. eagerness, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I think I think the way we Don't did say it, thirsty. I think the way we Don't did it, that. it seems like you know. We we were just really cool about it. Yeah. So we'll probably have a bunch of letters and cruises waiting on us when we get home. Wow. That's what I was hoping. Which I think, as we talked about in pre pre production, was kind of the point. Yeah. Mm. Eagerness, you know, if you're eager about something, you don't always get it. Like you can go to your wife Uh and and be. Ah, so. Anyway, Chase, you know, let me finish. Okay, no, I'm gonna finish that. Hey, I'm going to honor. I'm going to honor everybody who's listening to the show right now <laughs> by moving on. By moving on, <laughs> yes, it's a good plan. Getting closer to Jeff Hendricks joining us, we're going to bring back. What were you thinking? But first, just talking a little bit about the show. In case this is the first time you've listened, this is the Gospel Friends. You probably know that by now. Yeah, but you can go to our website if you haven't found it, which is thegospelfriends.com. Dot com. You could contact us on the Twitter, which we didn't talk about on last episode. But the Twitter is alive again. Yeah, Chase, buddy. Chase has found some rejuvenated energy, <laughs> some mojo on the Twitter. Back from the dead. At my gospel friends, there has been activity out some there. Some activity on the on the gospel <laughs> friends Twitter it's site. Possible if you tweet us, we might respond. We we <laughs> might. Yeah, you know, you never know. It might die again, but. But maybe even bigger than all of that, the Hall of Dogma, the mm. flagship site for the God Gospel Friends. Everyone. On Facebook, you can reach it, hallofdogma.com. You will need to ask permission to be let in. Um, we like to keep the crazies in and the crazier's out. And so just, um, you know, you can request permission. We'll let you in, hallofdogma.com. Just a few ways that you can get a hold of the Gospel Friends um, and, um, you know, if you post something really cool or send us something nice, we'll give you a shout out on the show, especially if you gave us a, a cool iTunes review or a cruise. I mean, an iTunes review is good. Cruise would be better. Hey, if you give us a cruise, like 
We'll do a whole episode. We'll rename the podcast after you. I mean, you know, like Whoa. the Nathan Martin cast or something. No. That, well, I don't know if he gave for us a cruise? all a cruise. For a cruise? How about, how about for like a week? I don't know, a month. <laughs> it could be Nathan Martin Appreciation oh, Month. You can reach us at the <laughs> Nathan, Nathan Martin Nathan of Hall? Dogma. <laughs> The Hall of Nathan Hall Martin. Of Martin. Hall of Hall Martin. Hall of Martin. There you go. You can reach us at the Hall of Martin. That would imply. Hallofmartin.com. What about Jeremiah? Uh, well, if he gave us a cruise, you know, whoever. Wait, if, Jer- no, I mean, if Jeremiah gave us a cruise, it would be like I mean, it would be like the greatest fourth quarter comeback of all time where there's just a team that you think has just been ran over and yep. is no longer functioning, and all of a sudden they come back and win because I haven't seen Jeremiah in a long time. I hope he's okay. I hope he is too. Do we know anybody that knows him? We know you Nathan, check on it. What, what about it. the guy that you're trying to name the show after? <laughs> All right. So, hey, what were you thinking? This I don't is, know. What were you thinking? I don't know what, what any of you were read? thinking, but I know I, I don't know what some of these people were thinking. But what were you thinking is the segment where we take a look at the crazy, crazy world around us. And uh, just just to try to glean a little bit of humanity and maybe depravity and uh, check out what's happening. We try to look at stories from around the world through the uh, lens of faith in Jesus. No, that was an old podcast. We oh, did. my bad. We try to look at the at stories from around the world just to kind of get an idea of not just what's happening here in America, but, you know, just kind of all over. So, I got three stories, guys, that tonight that I I hope this is not one of those things where I've just built it up in my head as epic and it turns out to be really flat. But I, I'm going to need you guys to 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 pay attention. So well, let me I get my phone. I, I don't know what y'all. I don't know what y'all are doing. If y'all are surfing fantasy football right now, or if you're you know researching the show or breathing deeply into the microphone, Nick. But um, could y'all? I, I think I'm these are good. Looking at you. Okay, you are. You're being a little weird. Here we go. Uh, this is uh, this is probably from all. Of- <laughs> This is probably from all over, although I think this company that came up with this study is uh, from here in the United States. So here's the headline. Some hot dogs contain human DNA. Chase looks shocked. Nick does not. I'm sorry, what? (sighs) Well, if the hot dogs contain human DNA. sold out for a second. My first thought I'm a is sugar crash. that they contain human D They're just human. humans. Good. Yeah. Clear Food, an independent company that analyzes food at the molecular level, has found that 14... Four, four, <laughs> 14 <laughs> good counting there, David. 14.4% of the hot dogs they tested were problematic. Um, and four of the six samples... Uh, excuse me, uh, they, they reported found human DNA in six of the 345 samples, or 2% of all the samples that they tested. Four of the six samples that tested positive for human DNA were vegetarian products. <laughs> are, humans are not vegetarian-friendly food. No, they are not. Uh, so now... Um, other ingredients such as chicken, lamb, turkey, and beef showed up in samples that were not listed on the product's packaging. So, how, have you guys ever do you, you try to buy like the all beef hot dogs? Because that that was how I grew up. Is my mom would always buy the all beef hot dogs because she said you can't tell what's in the other ones. Well, yeah, and um, you know, especially like if it's things like you know the pink hot dogs, 
Yeah. They're made up oh, of like yeah, all those the various nasty. Like, you know, pork and stuff like that. But now apparently, you know, human DNA in some of the hot dogs. So maybe I mean, even all beef ones are not all Okay, that so what's going on there? Do they yeah, speculate? How? Yeah. A study, I mean, is that the guy a, who lost a finger at the factory? Well, that's yeah, what I'm thinking. Yeah, somebody, so some dude falls a in. A study, like, like some companies, Clarence, hot dog companies, uh, have come back and refuted sweat, this claim. Yeah, Shocker Of course there. they have. But no, there has been some clarifying reports since then that actually say um, that the human DNA could simply be like uh, dried skin cells. Oh, that makes it fine. So like, you know, or or fingernails or something like that that just where people are handling the food. Or maybe they sneeze And into they get it some or... of their particles. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it goes into the grinder. And, and so it's not actually that humans have been dissected and, and made into hot dogs and sausages, but more like, Maybe they didn't wash their hands very well before they made the hot dogs. Well, David, I will tell you this. I will sleep well at night knowing that my hot dogs are contaminated by particles of humanity and not chunks. I thought you would enjoy that. Uh, So, Nick, what did you think? (laughs) That was insightful. That was insightful. By the way, what's your favorite brand of hot dog? There's Uh, only one answer here. What, are you going to say ballpark? No. Oh. Amateur. Um, what's the real fancy? I, I I usually pick up ballpark, but okay. the the bun length. I, I'm thinking Hebrew National. That's, that's the one. Fine okay, so that's the. I was gonna say that there's like a there's like a kind of an expensive yeah. hot dog that is brought um, that somebody brought to a cookout one time. And Hebrew National. Those those Jewish people know how to make a good hot dog. God bless them. Show title. Possibly. I don't know. Somebody might take that the wrong way. All right. Um, Nick, I hope you really like this next one coming up. I've got to be careful on this this next one. This is from Hong Kong. I'm doing this story in honor of my son. Who's also from Hong Kong. Who's, who's also from Hong Kong. Um, so here's the here's – the, Is your son Jackie Chan? No, he's not. And oh, I found out this week that most people in Hong Kong actually hate Jackie, Jackie Chan. Why? I don't know. I just heard someone talking about that on Periscope. They I follow, hate him. Yeah, they they yeah they hate Jackie Chan a lot. Maybe You're that, always going on about that that Hong Konger. In God, Periscope. that guy's awesome. You're the one who got me on Periscope. Yeah, but you talk I'm about following that guy two or three travel guys you should on marry Periscope. Him. Hey Nick, Ooh, we have. A, I know that you're back. Uh, you were going from. A, we have a show title. Those <sighs> those Hebrew people really know how to make a hot dog. Something like that. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so here we go from Hong Kong. You guys ready for this? This holiday season, give the gift of poop. That's great. Now, I can't actually name, I can't actually say the name of this company on on the air. For the best. Um, (laughs) No, you cannot say that. I I can't say that. Um, Although the article, this is, (laughs) (laughs) the the article says, in the delivery game, you could call this the other big brown. This company... (laughs) Unknown company, unnamed company, will deliver a steamy pile of horse poop with a personalized message to your enemies or to your twisted friends. The Hong Kong-based service launched in November 2004 as a marketing experiment and has stuck around like dog do on a sneaker tread, says the article from the Huffington Post. Nice. Yes, it is legit, says CEO Peter, no last name. Peter says his firm earned $10,000 in its first month and has made more than 2,500 shipments. Take note. 
More than what? 2,500 2, shipments. Okay. <laughs> you are real careful. Orders cost sixteen ninety five for shipping to many places around the world and can be done anonymously. However, CEO Peter No Name uh, says Australia is an excrement exception. Australia does not allow feces delivered from outside the country. <laughs> Well, you know, that sounds like a sensible policy now that I think of it. Why would we allow excrement delivered from outside uh, the country? Why would we allow excrement to be delivered? Is there even enough the excrement already in America? Oh, I know there is. I watch TV. Nice. The company's website suggests sending the poo to an annoying colleague, a teacher, the ex-girlfriend, <laughs> oh, the tyrannical oh, boss, oh, oh. or former classmates. Or a pastor for pastor appreciation. Pastor appreciation. The most unusual package that they have sent was someone who included a wedding ring with the poop. Oh, like proposing? Uh, apparently. Yeah, that's not going to go over well. That's a strange marriage. That is a strange marriage. What do you think the ask... Pastor John podcast would say about that day. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure what ask Pastor John would say about that. One more. Uh, what were you thinking before we move on to our hall monitor segment from Singapore? I'm just going to give you guys this headline. Are you okay? No, I'm still. All right, here we go. Plane forced to make emergency landing due to farting sheep. <laughs> Uh, what? What? <laughs> Look, I have been on some foul-smelling public transportation. How the world? Singapore Airlines. Was it an air pressure issue? A Singapore, a Singapore Airlines Boeing seven forty seven freighter nice. jet. Um, okay, e- even from all talk uh, Adelia Day, Australia, to Kuala sure. Lumpur, Malaysia. Yep. Had four crew and a cargo of two thousand one hundred and eighty-six sheep. That's a lot of sheep. Yes, a lot of sheep. The crew received a smoke indication in the cargo bay. <laughs> had to descend the aircraft uh, and diverted to Bali for a safe landing. About forty-five minutes later, emergency services did not find any trace of fire, heat, or smoke. The smoke indication was identified to be the result of exhaust gases and manure produced by the sheep. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Wait, what are we supposed to do with this story? Are we supposed uh, to say that's really funny? Yeah. No, to we're going to let this one lay. Yeah, that sounds. We're good. just going to. I mean, we we've talked about sounds um, like the sheep party did. We've talked about human nice. human hot dogs, mailing poop to friends, yep, and farting sheep. So I think our job here is done. Well, you guys are welcome. You know, this kind of reminds me uh, of the John Piper review of our show on <laughs> iTunes, where he said they talk about some good things, but there is some evident immaturity. Do you yeah. think Piper was talking about these sorts of segments? So I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I and you guys know I'm a big John Piper fan. Okay, yeah, I am too. But if you could get John Piper alone, just him and maybe one of his closest friends, and yeah. someone says, "Hey, John." Look, this this plane had to had to uh, do an emergency landing due to farting sheep. Yeah. Piper's gonna laugh. You think so? Yeah, you think so. He may not talk about it on his podcast. He may not write about it on his blog. <laughs> why don't we Why don't we send a message to ask Pastor John and say, "Dear Pastor John, is it appropriate to laugh at farting sheep?" Yeah. Look, I'm just saying, Piper's gonna laugh. There, there is not a man 
alive, no matter what age, that would not. Now, women don't get it right now. There's no. probably a few women. They're probably like it. wishing we could go yeah. on, go ahead. But for the most part, there's not a guy who heard <laughs> farting sheep made grounded a plane made made a plan lane that didn't chuckle at that. I, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. So, I think Popper would laugh. Well, anyway, we need to find out when we have him on the show in a couple of weeks. All right, sounds good. Speaking of having guests on the show. Jeff Hendricks, the Funky Stickman. That is your best used car salesman voice. I've Thank heard you, you. In a long time. Hey, still, I, I want to buy something now. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. I actually heard something. I heard a voice that I don't recognize. Could be Bernard. <laughs> if not no. Bernard, that may be Jeff. It might be. It might be the evil mastermind known as Funky Stickman, who is here for total world domination. <laughs> Oh, that is He awesome. does his own sound effects. This is amazing. <laughs> that, okay. that was cool. Nick, why don't we have one of those for the show? Hey, Jeff, are you busy on Sundays? Because I don't have a budget because you keep... <laughs> Sorry. Tell Nick if he ran Linux, he could do that. Hey, Jeff, let me ask you a, let me ask you a real, quick, oh, not, real quick question. If we sent you a bunch of wrong. clips for a game, audio clips... <laughs> What is? Do you think you'd be able to play those on time, or would you just kind of randomly just, play them whenever? Just kind of, just kind of randomly hit play whenever like you soundboard? felt, wherever you felt like it. No, not like a soundboard, <laughs> like a list of YouTube clips. That's just kind of a hypothetical. Too late question to actually right? yeah, download I mean, them just, and put I'm them just, in your soundboard. You know, I'm just, I'm just asking. I sent them to you this morning at six thirty. No, last week at six thirty. That was episode seventy six. Oh, oh, I mean uh, last last Sunday morning at six thirty. Edit point. Jeff, point. Oh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I know that we have we have tried to get you on here about 14 times, kept extending offers, but you kept turning them down. Thank you for yeah. finally Why agreeing we, to be on. Blame him at this point. Super villains are just so busy, you know. So uh, you you, how did you first find the show? I, I I don't remember. I know you were one of the very first listeners to the podcast that I recall interacting with. But has, has it been that long? Really? Wow. Um, I originally stumbled across this as um, this was probably I guess it was about two years ago. I started looking at uh, theology podcasts to um, to believe it or not learn theology. And so you um, picked a great one for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't start with this one. Um, Hopefully, started, you didn't end with it either. <laughs> no, I started listening to the Reformed podcast, uh, the Reformed Pubcast, actually. Ah. Uh, which was less than Tanner, yeah, less than Tanner, right? And was pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, except that when they got to talking to about beer, my eyes just kind of glazed over because I don't really drink beer. Mm. And uh, I was kind of like, well, you know what? What I really, what I really need is a theological podcast with nerds. <laughs> Getting closer. I don't, I don't know <laughs> when you'd find something like that. Well, as as happenstance would have it, I uh, stumbled across the Gospel Friends and. As they say, the rest is history. Which has two nerds, yeah, and me. Oh, I'll let you settle that amongst yourselves. Oh. That's hey, so now you um, you are responsible for not only uh, our outro music, mm-hmm. the uh, the one of the best songs of all time. Jesus is a friend of mine. Done <laughs> to chip tunes, which has made it to, uh, the ringtone on several 
people's phones who listen to the uh, <laughs> to the Gospel Friends podcast. <laughs> but now, you aren't you responsible for uh, good old Rob Halton? It, is it, it, did you get him involved in the show somehow, or did I dream that? I asked him to join the Hall of Dogma. Basically, I knew Rob back in college 20 years ago. <laughs> and um, he is, you, you, you got to understand, Rob is just this really great, goofy kind of guy to hang around with. Love hanging out with him. And he just has a penchant for fart jokes. And I said, you know hey, what? He's going to love this episode. Wait till he hears what I just yeah. laid out. So I basically, um, I, 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 meant, I, I meant article. I meant the article I laid out. Oh. Sorry. I hit him up on Facebook and I just said, you know what? You got to listen to this podcast. I said, you have got to join the, join the Hall of Dogma. You have got to get involved. I said, you are the, one of the few people that has a, a sick and twisted sense of humor as much as I do. So you would absolutely have to. And he, he just jumped right in, both feet. God bless. Yeah, Rob's great, and he sent us, uh, man, one of the most encouraging emails that we have gotten since we started doing the show. He sent us just um, just encouraging us in, in the podcast and, um, you know, that he'd gotten something out of it. So very cool, and uh, we do appreciate all that you've invested in the Absolutely. show, and uh, sorry it's taking us so long to uh, get you on, but uh, I'm going to let Nick kind of drive for a moment because I had asked you about, um, you know, something that uh, you might find interesting to talk about as you came on, and... I think we kind of settled on a little bit of a, a worship slant, so I'm gonna let Nick introduce that. Yeah, and I will. And but just for a little bit of background, um, we've we've talked a little bit about how you got into the show, but um, obviously, oh, creating- oh, 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 I'm sorry. I need to. Why you do that? Let me just, Jeff. Yes. Uh, does your wife have a Facebook page? Yes. <laughs> okay. Can you send just- David that real quick so he can stalk her for a few minutes? You know, Trust while, me, while he Nick already talks? knows how to do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. That's, That's perfect. Um, Obviously, you know the article we just we've discussed. People will know in a moment. But um, one of the ways that we first, one of the things you did for us was the um, the music that we now use as outro. Kind of give us a little bit of your background in music. Obviously, you create some. What else is your background in music? Um, I started playing in school band when I was ten. Uh, Started playing the saxophone. Saxophone is actually my major instrument. I played saxophone all the way through high school and college and majored in instrumental music ed in college. Um, Went all the way through, did my senior recital and everything, but couldn't be bothered to go to the actual education classes because they stink. So (laughs) um, I've got all the, the, basically the musical experience and training to be a band director, but I've never actually been a band director. (laughs) And I probably got, well, I got saved in 95, about three years after I graduated high school. So I became a Christian then and started leading worship immediately, post-haste, and have been a worship leader at churches ever since. Okay. Um, Well, now, just, (laughs) I know this is not probably the best comparison to make, but you haven't told me anything else. Um, Do you lead worship while playing saxophone? Uh, I've done it a few times. Really it's kind of hard to sing, sing and play. At the well, that was what I'll say. That's a good trick. Uh, <laughs> that would be awesome, no, though. I'm, I usually play guitar. Okay, okay. Um, now, are you are you one of those people that makes me sick that you can just pick up almost any instrument and play it? Yes, I am. Oh, good. All right. I love people like you. Um, uh, I I am a music guy myself. Um, worship music um, and bass is my 
uh, forte. And I just, I always want to play other things. And then um, I think I'm going to, and then I'm not nearly as good at it as, them, as I'd like to be. So <laughs> I had to take classes on that in college for music ed. Actually, they taught us how to teach each of the instrument families. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I can technically play brass instruments, but I'm not very good at it because I don't practice. I gotcha. But is that is that a little bit of a learned skill or is it a little bit of a natural? A little both. Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I have musical competency. I probably could if I put the time to uh, it. Nick is a very gifted bassist. Uh, I, as a person who has tried to play guitar before, I appreciate people who are instrumentalists because I literally am terrible, no hope at it. It's uh, interesting. Nick is more than competent. It's, it's interesting how your brain can be wired for a certain thing. So, um, well, thank you for that background because it, you know, kind of leads well into the um, the discussion we're going to have today. And um, it, you know, admittedly, <laughs> this this article we're going to read um, it's from NashvilleScene dot com. It's how a terrible worship song drove me from Christianity. And um, as I was reading over it again, kind of in prep for the show, just kind of one more time, um, <coughs> it, it kind of had me banging my head against the wall because I'm like. I get what you're trying to say, bro, but you just miss it here. Um, but um, kind of just a, a real quick rundown. A guy lives in Nashville, um, going to church with his girlfriend, um, and he, you know, he he has some religious background, we'll say. And um, you know, he's in this church, and it's a worship service. It's a more contemporary, modern, quote unquote, um, worship service, and he's trying to fit in, trying to get the vibe for it, and. Um, he he admits that he's not all there. He's trying to get there, and just some lyrics to one of the songs just kind of really hit him in a wrong way. And it just kind of instead of kind of diving in of why did the worship leader write this? What drove him to that? Uh, he instead goes, "Well, that's what's wrong with this place." Um, and I may be oversimplifying it, but um, kind of pick us up from there. Kind of some of your thoughts about um, right well, this article, but also I think worship in the church. Yeah. The article also wanted me wanted me to to make me gouge my eyes out. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> you're, see, you're um, more blunt than I am. I like this. Okay, but um, but but the honest truth is, I mean, we can address this issue from from two things. One, this this guy's interaction with the music and how it affected his or didn't affect his faith, and just worship music in general. Um, so, I guess we can address the first thing. Obviously, the guy had issues to start with from his description of going into the church. Um, who's apparently his girlfriend's church, and coming from a Catholic background where things are very liturgical, very orderly, very traditional, um, and going into a charismatic-type worship service where people are shouting and jumping and crying and spinning or whatever. Uh, one, it's it's kind of disorienting if you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's very kind of offsetting at first, and so you're kind of thinking, well, what's you know, what's all this about? You know, I mean, this is... We don't do this in our church, so something's wrong or different or something. Um, and then, of course, he goes on to, to talk, and, and he nitpicks this particular worship song that the worship leader wrote. And he says, I also am a songwriter and blah, 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 you know, and whatever. But take that for what it's worth. Um, and then he says, you know, the words are just he, – he nitpicks it. He says it's, it's – he tries to interpret the lyrics literally. Mm-hmm. And then says, well, that, that's not enough reason to move me. And the, the, the real crux of the problem is that he, his faith is really not grounded in biblical truth to start with. 
And if a really cheesy worship song can drive him away from his faith, he didn't have much faith to start with. That, that's that's my thoughts on the matter. Well, and let me ask you this, because in, 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 there was the practical of that, but I actually kind of started thinking about it. Um, the lyrics, he said, is just horrible. He said, um, let our song be like sweet incense to your heart. Um, I think that, and he had some interjections in there. Um, but to, to me... That lyric is not, by any means, the worst I've heard in a worship song. And as a matter of fact, to me, there's biblical precedence for that entire portion. Yeah, may your worship be a, a fragrant aroma. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, there's, there's biblical descriptions of our worship being a fragrance pleasing to God and things like that, sure. Yeah, but, I th- oh. uh, well, I was going to say, I think somebody mentioned this in the Hall of Dogma, this uh, this article I got posted there, and I think they mentioned, man, this guy would really struggle with Psalms and you know some of the some of some of the, those uh, writings of Scripture. Uh, and, and I think Jeff's right. Uh, uh, you know, this guy there was there was a base problem there going in, and, and I think um, I think that was probably the larger issue. I think the I think there's almost a title there: "How a Terrible Worship Song Drove Me from Christianity." Like. The picture is not, this was a solid guy of the faith, this was a solid believer, and he heard a really bad worship song and turned apostate. I mean, this is not, this is not you that hear a picture. Song, it's not going to make you question everything you believe about life and, and God. And <laughs> No, a, a bad, cheesy song is not going to do that. Well, and the, you know, the cynical part of me kind of wants to go, is it not a little disingenuous for a songwriter of all people to kind of push back against metaphor, metaphor and soliloquy. Like, you know, <laughs> I hear so many songs that are, that's all they are, um, that it just kind of, I don't know, it so, rubbed me wrong. Jeff, I'd like to ask you this, uh, and kind of using the article to kind of springboard into this, and, you know, this is not an issue we'll resolve tonight, but it seems like with all the worship discussions, and there, there's quite a few that happen on this podcast and in the Hall mm-hmm. of Dogma and just, uh, you know, uh, maybe in Christians in general, and we kind of base this whole podcast on you know, nights we used to hang out at Waffle House and have theological discussions. So if we were enjoying a pecan waffle right now, which I could, I, I could, could dig into I one could, of those. I could dig into one I'm right hungry. now. I'm, I'm starving. Yeah, yeah. But if we, if we had some pecan waffles in front of us and some cups of coffee and, and we just started chewing over this subject, um, you know, drawing a line in the sand, so to speak, on one side, the idea that worship songs – the most important thing is that they're from the heart. Lyrics are from the heart. Um, what you say is not as important as just expressing how you feel. And so if how you feel is that God's love for you is like a sloppy wet kiss, then <laughs> then write it down and sing it. Up, and, and on the other side, there's a worship lyrics are teaching something. They're, they should be strong, theological-based. They should speak truth. We should, you know, be careful. They should be more God-centered, less man-centered. Um, probably simplifying the two sides, quote unquote, a little bit. But if we just kind of threw that issue down the table, you know, what's your initial response? What are you? What are you going to bring to the discussion? Uh, oh, no pressure. Yeah, I can yeah, do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, believe it or not, actually, this is one of the things that Rob and I used to talk about a lot back in college, and um, because. The, the problem with the problem with putting some sort of standard on worship music or any kind of Christian music, for instance, is who determines if it's godly enough? 
who determines if it's assuming that it's not obviously you know full of heresy or whatever you know is un, unbiblical truths or biblical untruths or whatever you know what I mean assuming that it's it's actually not wrong then what basis do you go on to judge of that uh, you know is that a good worship song or not who determines that you know who who is the arbitrary worship police that says okay that's a good song that one's not um, and the problem with that is that because worship is such a personal thing for each believer it's different to each one of us based on our experiences based on our beliefs based on even our musical tastes you know some people really like bluegrass praise and worship and I'm just kind of like eh, you know um, so that that kind of makes it more difficult however um, I think that there's a lot of factors in play here. I think that the the Christian quote unquote worship music industry um, really makes things a lot more difficult than it needs to be. I think that there's a lot going on there with these huge mega churches that are getting airplay with their songs all over the world, you know, and so instead of having I don't know. I, I'm trying to struggle to even try to how to really describe it. Uh, we tend to get into a place where we are comfortable. We get in a place where we find a church or we listen to some music that, that really brings us to what we feel is a place where we can worship God in honesty and in truth. And then someone else comes along and says, well, I don't worship that way. I worship with a, a four-ranked pipe organ and, you know, and a huge choir, and you think, oh, that's so liturgical, that's so old school, I couldn't do that. You know, well, but you're not them. Mm-hmm. You follow? And so, sure. from the personal preference point of view, it's just, you, you can't just say what's good and isn't, it's too personal. Now, from a church function, theological point of view, there are different purposes for songs. They have certain kinds of hymns that teach theological truths, there are certain kind of hymns that are just encouraging, that are um, exhorting of God's properties, or just, or you know, like you said, just some just plain a love song to the Lord. You know, I mean, there there's a time and a place for those kinds of songs. Not every song that we have, um, even in our hymnal, I feel is a really good congregational song for several reasons. Sometimes they just are too hard to sing. Sometimes they are just too. They just don't fit our congregation. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, if our church is full of young, vibrant, you know, teenager slash college or young married adults, they're going to be okay with listening to a lot of more recent worship music. They may not know the old hymns. When I got saved, when I was 21, I'd never been in church. I didn't know any of the hymns. So they were all new to me. Mm-hmm. I the first time I'd heard Victory in Jesus, I was just like, Oh, huh, okay. You know, I'd, I'd never heard it before. Um, so, Well, one of the things you said about congregational, too, I, you know, there's a lot of songs that are very special to me that, that, you know, may not be a congregational-style worship song. They may not be a prototypical worship song. But for me, for where I heard them in my place in life or what they remind me of or whatever, they're worship for me, you know. and Absolutely. But that I, – I would never <laughs> – there are many of them I would never – Suggest to John on a Sunday. <laughs> well, and, and I think I think that's that's where I fall on a, a lot of that issue, and, and I and 
you know, that's kind of my personal view is that I, I think you driving down the road mm-hmm. and your personal worship in the car, mm-hmm. um, this is, I'm going to, I already get all my musical taste. People make fun of me anyway. Josh no Dean, Nickelback, and things like that. But uh, Daltrey does a song called Home. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that, um, you know, that that song, I mean, I think Daltrey, I heard maybe it was a Christian. The song's probably written to a, maybe written about a relationship. Um, but when I hear it, I mean, that's right. the, you know, it's, well, I'm going home to the place where I belong, where your love has always been enough for me. And, I mean, when I, whenever I've heard it, it's always been like, oh, man, that really, he could be, if he was singing that to God, like if, if you could sing that to God, that would be, yes. you know, th- those are great lyrics. So I feel like, oh, going down the road singing that. That's worship th- time. That, that, that's, that could be worship time. Mm-hmm. But I, yep. I wouldn't put that on a Sunday morning. I wouldn't try to take that experience for me and place that. I, I'm a little bit more, on, okay, on Sunday morning with the gathered church, there's a little bit more attention to lyrics and detail that need to happen. That, that's, that's my view, and, and that's not, you know, find a lot well, of disagreement there with among people and even people at Agape. But, um, yeah, yeah that, that's kind of where I fall with it, I, you know, personally. The guy, the guy in the article does bring up a good point that, you do want to understand what you're singing. You don't want yes. to just say, oh, uh, you know, they're singing whatever, and just blindly sing along with whatever. Um, you can do that. It's like you've seen videos of like kids singing along with gangster rap songs, and you're like, they have no idea what they're saying. You know, it's like yeah. you see yeah. the words coming out of their mouth, but they're clueless. They have no idea. And church people can be that way too. So you don't want to go there. But on the other hand, you don't want to be like some churches – playing cool in the gang and celebration for their, you know, their call to worship or whatever, <laughs> as much as I would enjoy that. But no, you don't want to do that. Um, at least not unless you had a very specific reason for it, you know? And what it boils down to ultimately is that it's not just a worship service. When you string it together has to be cohesive. It has to work together. It has to flow in thought and in music. Um, and when I put together worship services, I try really hard to put not just themes, but um, more or less, you know, try and, and make the songs flow together thematically mm-hmm. so that you are, you're centering around a specific idea, uh, like worshiping at the throne of grace or maybe shouting out praises. And so we can do two or three songs that are about singing praises to God, you know, so... There's, there has to be thought, there has to be some effort put into the process beforehand so that when the worship time comes, there's very little in the way that can, um, that can stand in the way of the Spirit moving. And really, that's, that's the goal, is to bring people to the point where they feel God's Spirit moving. They, their, their internal inhibitions against corporate worship because to some degree some people are always going to be uncomfortable singing in front of groups Mm -hmm. or in groups i mean that's my wife is one of those people she hates singing in groups um bless her heart she married a musician god bless her um (laughs) but that's you can't expect everyone to, to to do that but 
if a worship service is done well with thought and, and prayer and effort put into picking songs that, that teach and encourage and lift and, and praise and, you know, all the, the good things that the Bible exhorts, that Scripture tells us to do, um, then God can use that. And ultimately, it, we put our best effort forward. We do our best job to try and make worship music the best we can make it. But even that is, we're looking at it through a glass dimly, hmm. you know, because we're, we're doing that based on what we think will make a worship service or what we think will make the Spirit move. You think we can make the Spirit move? No. That's, that's God working through our broken efforts and our, you know, our, 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 best, um, our best attempt at trying to bring people to God when really, you know, it's, it's always going to be flawed. It's always going to be limited by us, not by God. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Jeff. As, as a, somebody who's led worship in the church for years and years, what is one thing you would, if you could kind of wave a wand and cause congregations to understand something about worship <laughs> that they, generally speaking, do not? What is, what is one thing you would instill in them if you had the power to? Oh, that's a good... Oh, yeah, that's a real easy question. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys pulling out all the big guns on me. Okay. If, if, I, if there's one thing that I could really get congregations to understand is that worship is about God. It's not about how it makes us feel. It's not about us. It's about us lifting up the name of God and bringing Him glory. All throughout the Bible, we see God doing incredible things, healing blind people, bringing people back from the dead, um, knocking down walls, you know, saving people from certain doom. And He didn't do it for the people. He did it to bring Himself glory. So our job as worship leaders is not to bring ourselves glory. The, the job is to direct our attention to put the spotlight on Jesus, to highlight the message of the gospel, to bring people to a better understanding of that, to sing about God, to lift up the praises of God, because by doing so, that brings God glory. Not because it makes us feel better, not because it makes people sing in key, but because by doing that, it brings Him glory. Hmm. That's good. That's solid. And, 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 and amen. I, I do think one of the things we miss in the worship, the quote, worship wars, the discussion of worship. Uh, I just read a Tom Rayner article this week where he said that the next version of the worship wars is going to be about sanctuary lighting, uh, talking well, about how the Gen Xers and above kind of prefer uh, brightness at, at, at times and darkness at other times and how the younger crowd kind of flips that. I thought that was interesting. But I think it's when so we... What? It's so scripted. It's just everything yeah. is so... It's so formatical. It's so formulaic. It's so scripted. Everything is just like... You take it to the point where, okay, well, we have a $30,000 projection system and we have all of this excellent sound equipment and we have the best musicians and da 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 It's not a guarantee that God is going to move. That's That's, again, that's us trying to put forth what we think worship ought to be and really God all he expects from us is obedience you know when you see people in 
and broken down and just being just totally molded by God worshiping on a dirt floor hut somewhere in Uganda. Mm. You just go, okay, God is there, you know, they're worshiping. And we have the idea that God expects all these enormous great things, but our worship should be wholehearted. God wants all of us. And our worship, uh, when we need to bring our best worship, it's not our best musicianship. It's not our best lighting system. It's not our best, even not our best songs, really. Um, he wants us. He wants all of us. And I think that's part of the, the conversation that happens because to some people, to some people that means, okay, if God, God wants all of us, he wants our hearts and so that's going to be a matter of authenticity, transparency, um, and so it's not about the words. It's just about expressing, you know, like like your child bringing you a, you know, artwork they made you. You're not as concerned about them coloring in the lines. It's the fact that they that they're offering up, yeah, you know, to you something that they want to please you with. And then other people are going to say, well, no, but you. You want to bring your best, so right. you, you want you know it's spirit and truth. You want to worship God in a way that pleases Him, and so yes, He's pleased with the authenticity of our heart. But the authenticity of our heart is going to lead us to want to present our best and our you know not. I don't mean that in the way of you know the the best possible service order, but you know we want to sing sing songs that are truth filled and. Yep. And direct and pointed and and lifting up Christ. So, I, I think even in that, that's that's kind of that discussion, and that's that's where again, I, I, you know, for me, it's that personal worship is probably a little bit more. Yeah, just it, it's not it's not planned, it's not scripted, it's right, it's it's. I think it should be in the truth, but but I think there's also a place that you know, as humans, when we are. Just pouring our hearts out. It's we're not first and foremost thinking about articulation. Um, we're not first and foremost thinking about, you know, oh, I feel this way, but before I express it, let me go check and make sure all these words <laughs> are lined are lined up, you know, yeah, that's, biblically. That's a tough but line. yeah, but corporately, but, I think maybe there's a different. It's it's interesting to me because you know it's my. It, you describe worship that way, and, and I'm not. What I'm about to say is going to. I hope it doesn't come across worse than it does. But say it. <laughs> thank you, bud. Um, it says the evil villain. I'm kidding. Um, you kind of mentioned how it kind of flows from the heart, but I also know how much time and energy and focus uh, you put into sermon preparation. Yeah, right. um, and it's and and I think that's that's an interesting line because I think for the worship leader that that's their calling, their ministry. Putting time and energy into focus and being ready is worthwhile. Um, but when when you, but being ready and having a script for people to follow are, are different things. And, and I think if you compare the two, I mean, for me, uh, sermon prep wise, if you say, okay, I, for me, yes, I want to do this from my heart to please God. But what I mm -hmm. believe will please Him will be fidelity to His Word mm -hmm. and a strong teaching of His Word. And I think you can, quite honestly, I think that some people who, um, I, we we did that, we did the the whole segment a few weeks ago on the show about the guy who was teaching about 
people need to forgive Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I honestly think he probably was speaking from his heart. He was probably speaking just from something that he felt, but he didn't take the time to worry about real fidelity to the word. And so I want to preach yeah. from the heart. I want to preach with affection for Jesus, but that's going to work itself out in holding tight to Scripture. And and I think it's a worthwhile discussion or worthwhile question to ask, should that be any different with worship? Should that be any different with you know, presenting but worship? That's, that's preparation on the part of the worship leader and or team, yep. not how they... Exactly. So anyway, that's that's awesome, man. That was a good discussion. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we could yeah, we could go on and on and oh, on look, about and that would. for a long time. Uh, but um, you know, <laughs> we have a limit on the episode. So, <laughs> any any closing comments, Jeff? Yeah, lots of stuff. Um, well, yeah, we could go on for a while on this. Uh, probably the one thing I would say is, again, we we can't get too legalistic about it. it it's the same as when we talk about theology. You come across somebody who's a new believer, and you know, they're all like, yeah, Jesus kicks butt. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, you kind of like look at that and you go, e- well, yeah, but let's, you know, let's discuss the, the finer points of, of what God really is going is doing and going on here. And worship is such a hot topic. There's, there's so much to it that when we talk about worship prep, I mean, especially these churches that have huge productions and all this stuff, the man hours that goes into that is just it's, it's crazy, but at the same time, that's all of that is in preparation for us just hoping and praying that God will move, that God is there, and that we still, despite all of that stuff that we are preparing in hopes of God moving, it still requires us to completely abandon ourselves and give ourselves over um, to whatever God tells us to do, and that's scary. That's difficult. Now, I'm ADD, so to me, orders of worship and structure are like my the bane of my existence. You know, so that I, I hate that. But at the same time, you do have to put in the preparation work for it. To so that when the time comes, it's second nature. The music just flows. Everybody knows what to do. Nobody's confused, and if God chooses to move you in a different direction, you take it from there. You know, I mean, we can only prepare so much. Yep, very true. That is true. Well, um, hey, if if um, people were interested in connecting with you on Twitter, what's your uh, what's your Twitter handle? At Funky Stick Band. Awesome. And if you wanted to promo or shamelessly plug something. Uh, first, if you want to read some more really good blogs about um, worship and hymns and music in general, Zach Hicks has an excellent worship blog. I don't know if you all are familiar with him. Um, very good reading. And uh, also, to all of the uh, folks out there in the Hall of Dogma, I am here for Total World Domination. <laughs> nice. That is awesome. That's perfect. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming on the show and being part of the Hall Monitor segment. Appreciate you, you being in the Hall of Dogma and just uh, the things that you've done to invest in the podcast. You're too kind. Hey, thanks, Jeff. That was awesome. You sound much more sober-minded and level-headed than I expected out of a uh, world-conquering uh, uh, supervillain. 
it's all it's all a ruse it's all a ruse that's awesome um i will make sure that um some links to some of jeff's projects and things he's made will get posted since when we ask him to shamelessly plug um he deferred to a resource and um a shout out to the hall so we'll make sure that's in the show notes um please check those out at the gospelfriends.com um the hall of dogma we've been talking about a couple times halldogma.com it is a facebook group uh entry is easy but not for the faint-hearted. Um, but we try to we we try to have fun there. Um, Twitter at my gospel friends voicemail two zero five five seven five nine seven three five or speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. And there's always the good old fashioned email. If people use that anymore. Uh, the gospel friends at gmail.com. So uh, that's it for this episode. Special thanks to Jeff, um, to you two guys. Well, you've got to be here anyway. But tune mm-hmm. in next week when you may hear David say. Hey, uh, Chase and Nick, good news. I just ordered you a Christmas present online. You're going to love it. Uh, Look for a little box on your doorstep. Great. Great. Mmm.